Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 562 being recorded Thursday, October 24th, 2019. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. He's muted. Oh, Josh, you're muted. <laughs> I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Peak. Good start. Good start, everyone. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for joining us. We normally record Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern uh, or 2 a.m. UTC Thursday mornings, but we're a day late. I think this is two weeks in a row we've done Thursday. So And several dollars short, I may add. We are always several dollars short. We stopped counting. We're so many dollars short, but we're glad you could join us. If you want to join us when we record live, head over to pcpro.com slash live, or you can, uh, you can follow us uh, on our YouTube channel. It'll generally notify you when we've got the live stream going. Or you can watch all the episodes on demand. You can find them over at pcpro.com slash podcasts. Uh, also, make sure you join our Discord community. There's an invite link in all of our podcast show notes at the end there. So uh, just head over to that pcpro.com slash podcast link and uh, click there to join us. And uh, if you want to know when we go live, we have a mailing list that we use to notify you about an hour or so before our live streams. And that's at pcpro.com slash subscribe. Uh, but let's jump into the show today. We've got uh, a couple... Uh, a little bit of an unusual uh, stories to start this show. Uh, the first is something that happened, uh, I guess, was it Saturday or Sunday? Over the weekend, there was a, a leak, uh, supposedly, and it had to do with the upcoming flagship processors uh, from AMD and Intel. On the AMD side, it's the 16-core 3950X, the part that was supposed to ship in September, but has now been delayed until... November and on the uh, Intel side, not necessarily a direct competitor, but its most recent flagship part, the Cascade Lake X 10980XE. That's an 18 core part based on the same Skylake uh, architecture that we've seen in the 9000 and 7000 series before that. So there was this leak. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Wrong screen. There we go. And uh, the leak was that, uh, I'm sorry, this is, uh, can we zoom in? Nope. It was a 3D Enhance. Mark. Yeah, 3D Mark Fire Strike uh, results. And the the story here was that these two leaks were put up by uh, the Twitter user Appysack, who is quite prolific with his leaks and generally pretty accurate. And so he linked to these two results. So we've got uh, the uh, one we're looking at here is the 3950X, and that scored, uh, let's see, that was uh, a physics score of 32,882. And there's the Intel one as well. Let me see if I can pull that one up here. The Intel part scored about 25,000 on the physics. Now, these were not directly comparable tests. They were using different graphics cards. The AMD system had a 2080 Ti and the Intel system had a 2070, uh, different memory configurations, obviously. We don't yeah. know who did the test. We don't know what cooling they had. But the point is generally the, so the overall score, that's not going to be the same or not going to be comparable. But the physics score, ideally, the physics score is CPU dependent. It's, it's very, has very little uh, reliance on the GPU of the system or at least that's the theory. So when this dropped uh, initially, uh, we were told that, um, you know, well, this, this isn't, this isn't right. You know, 
uh, I think uh, Ryan Shroud, our, our former editor-in-chief who now works for Intel, got on Twitter and said, well, the, the physics score is just way off for the Intel part. You've got the 16-core AMD part uh, significantly beating the 18-core Intel part. And that just doesn't make any sense based on what we know from the 9000 series Intel parts as well. And then he and others alleged that, well, the physics score could depend on your GPU. It could change depending on GPU. And that caught all of us off guard, I think, because I always I knew I knew the GPU wasn't completely irrelevant, but I always thought it was a very minimal effect on that physics or CPU score. Do we know exact memory speeds on these? Well, so according to the leaks here, and again, the way that 3D Mark reports this data is not always accurate in terms of clocks, yeah, both the yeah. processor and memory. Well, yeah, I mean, the processor clocks were a huge disparity. Yeah. First of all, and we were talking three gigahertz nominal from Intel and 3.5 for AMD, even though AMD is, you know, two fewer cores, it was still running significantly faster. And do we know also if Firestrike, the physics test, is that like multi-thread optimized, is this simply relying on single-threaded performance or is this being spread across all threads? Obviously, Intel would still have an advantage there. Mm-hmm. But if if AMD has 16 cores, 32 threads running at a higher clock and has faster memory, that seems like that would definitely give them an edge on the physics test. Yeah, and, and the, all of that comes into play. So just to, to quickly answer your initial question, the memory reported was 16 gigs running at 3,200 megahertz for AMD and uh, 32 gigs running at 2,666 for Intel. Now, Yeah, but it's quad channel for Intel too. It, so yes, you think there'd be yes. more mm-hmm. bandwidth. But to your point about Firestrike, um, it is multi-core optimized, but Firestrike was the... So th- this current version, this platform of 3D Mark, first came out in 2013. So six over six years ago now, and they've added tests to it over time. And this was the this is not the Firestrike Extreme or what's the other Ultimate or whatever they've added on. This was the original Firestrike test, and it's not so it's old, and it's not a great way to test high core count processors. And uh, UL uh, the the uh, I guess not Underwriters Lab, but I guess they could just go by UL now. But the company that bought the the FutureMark brand of products and now runs this, they came out and said that pretty much anything over eight cores is not going to be the best way to, or that, that Firestrike is not the best way to test something over eight cores. So mm. it doesn't make the results, again, irrelevant, but it, it, keep in mind, this was not a an ideal test. Different different GPUs, different memory, uh, not unknown testing configurations, cooling, and all that stuff. But, you know, so, so all of that, you know, Intel can can turn to that in in the face of this big score disadvantage and at least say okay well maybe that's that's the reason for the for the difference also it's worth noting too that that the 9000 series parts the 9980xe if you look through the results its average score is 32 or 33000 so very close to the 3950x and and well ahead of what we got here for the the 10980 so again we could be looking at an engineering sample or pre-release bios but the second point was that that we kind of caught us off guard, as I mentioned, was this notion that the physics score depends on the GPU, and so we decided to test that. And uh, if I can get the zoom level right here, and so Sebastian and I uh, pulled up a couple systems, 
and kept the base system exactly the same and same clock, same RAM. And all we did was swap out GPUs, run the tests again and again. So I tested a 9900K with a 2080 Ti, a Titan X Pascal and a Titan X Maxwell. And as you can see here in the physics score, we, we tested both Firestrike and Time Spy, which is the more up-to-date test. Very little change in the physics score based on the GPU, less than 1%. And then Sebastian tested it on a, Arna, a Ryzen 9 3900X. Uh, and you can see here as well, uh, he, he had a little bit more variability. He tested a 2070 and a 2080 Ti. And at most it was 1.8% in that fire strike test, but in, and in time spy, it was, it was 0.1%. So yeah, it was almost very, identical yeah, on time spy. Very, very yeah. little difference. So I think we can put that aside that there, that, that from, from 3d marks perspective, that CPU slash physics test is pretty much dependent on the processor, not the GPU. But again, we're left with this result. It isn't, you know, it, it's a leak. We can't verify it. I, I would, I would imagine that the Intel score on the final shipping 1090 XE is going to be better, but it also means that this AMD part is going to be pretty competitive. I think, uh, I think it's fair to say, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think, uh, Josh and Jeremy uh, about this, this leak? Makes for good news. <laughs> I don't think it makes for much content, but it makes for good news. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting uh, to see that, that at least that if the AMD part is more accurately Score, or is scoring more accurate to its to its production level that if we look back to the 9980XE, it's about equaling performance of Intel's 18-core part from the Skylake refresh generation. Which would be a, a lovely story and would be incredibly more interesting than this continuation of the habit of... Uh, I'm not saying it was purposely leaked, but uh, we're getting to the point where it's starting to look like this is now part of the, the, the PR campaign pre-launch of a product is to put these tests, which are apples to porcupines. Uh, like they're not even the same bloody genus. Uh, it's neat. Uh, like it's always fun to get these leaks. It's always fun to talk about them, but honestly it's almost impossible to pull any value out of the comparison that we've got, you know, unreleased processor running, things uh we got a rough idea what the ram is and what the gpu is but what's the motherboard what's the bios how how are things set it, it's fun to talk about but you know it i'd love to see this sort of thing with a little bit closer of a match like one unknown and the rest of it's the same uh you know apart from motherboard obviously it's not going to fit but like give us something to look at and say hey this next generation is not going to be a thousand percent faster than the competition or 12,000 percent faster than your previous generation. We know that it, it, that's not a surprise, but to say we're making a huge jump towards equaling, uh, the, the performance and we can sit here and speculate about price because then that becomes fun price for performance, say comes within 15, 18% of the performance, uh, but it's a quarter, 30% cheaper, then, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. This it's, it's neat, but I, it leaves me a little frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll see more. Uh, we'll have more as, as these things start to hit and, and you're right. You know, there, we can't discount the fact that this could be marketing um, as opposed to a legit leak, but 
And uh, also, I, I heard from our counterparts that Intel did reach out to people following this, uh, the, these announcements, officially saying from a PR standpoint, we disagree. Uh, but Intel, they did not reach out to us. We didn't hear from our, our normal people. I just saw Ryan's uh, tweet, and so we, we decided to look into it that way. But Well, it was a nice try. It, was, it would have been fascinating if we could start like this, like, well, what GPU does perform fastest in the CPU tests. But uh, while I saw some slight variance with the system, the other thing is, and we could go into this at length, but it was yet another example of X570 shenanigans, basically. I updated this uh, Crosshair 8 uh, Hero Wi-Fi board behind me to the latest 1.0.0.3 ABBA Ajisa firmware was BIOS update 1001. They haven't done very many on this since it launched. And it's funny because every time they update the BIOS, they pull the old versions from the support site, which I find amusing. But uh, running the latest firmware, the latest uh, motherboard uh, software, like the chipset driver from AMD, which was launched like September 27, I think, I still cannot get memory running at XMP speed on this thing. I was running a 3600 set. So I finally had to clock it down to 3200. And when I, there, there was a little bit of instability or there was a bit of a performance Delta. When I first started testing, I ended up throwing out my first night's worth of work. Cause the next morning I booted it up and started again and I was getting different numbers. So my 1.8% variance between GPUs could simply be, how aggressively the automatic sub timings work. Cause I only put in, in recreating my XMP timings, I put in 16, 18, 18, 36, 58. I didn't go any farther than that. Cause I, I didn't have all the, the sub timing numbers in front of me. I didn't, I didn't want to look them up and who knows, maybe that was the difference. Like it, it rebooted and some sub timing was significantly faster the second time around who knows but anyway it's like jim said there was it's almost it's within a rounding not rounding but it's within the margin of error to yeah. be around one percent and we've talked about in in other discussions about our our testing methodology in general why why we do multiple runs and average them because we do see this kind of variability and um because why don't you redo them every time a new driver comes out? I know. Every single driver for the last 15 generations. Yeah. Our, AMD just came out with a new driver today. Of course, the day after yeah. we did this testing, or actually the afternoon that I sent these results to Jim, NVIDIA had already released a new driver. And then uh, AMD, of course, today launched another driver, which they're claiming like 18% better performance than the new, as some new, you know, Two two of the newer games, uh, the new Call of Duty, like Call of Duty, and the Space's Edge, that Galaxy yes. set, Other World, oh, yes, yes. Oh. Outer World. Yeah. That's a that's a uh, AMD and, partner game. <clears throat> I just yeah, see updates now. I just groan anytime there's a GPU update. I mean, it's great for for uh-huh. users, but it sucks because it almost invalidates everything you did you know remember when nvidia went with quarter every quarter new drivers Mm -hmm. and that was it and there was much wailing and gnashing of teeth when that happened mind you they were also mocking that's not such a bad idea what's that they were also mocking amd at the time saying oh well you've got to drop one every month to fix what you messed up last month so we're doing it every quarter 
which didn't necessarily go. Now so it's well. every other stinking week some nice. game ready drivers out. Game yep. ready. Gotta be game ready. Gotta be game ready. Or even now it's studio ready or whatever the phrase is for the studio drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, back then you didn't need to release updates more than every quarter or so because they were just cheating 3D Mark Vantage anyway. So it was yeah. just whoever wanted to. I mean, the, it wasn't like the benchmark was changing. So as long as the cheat was built into last quarter's graphics update, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Look at look at some old GPU reviews sometime, and it wasn't like real gameplay. It was usually canned benchmarks from certain games, and of course, mm-hmm. 3D Mark Vantage, and it was a lot easier to game the system back then. Kind of like the modern smartphone market. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Well, we'll have uh, if we if we can get our hands on some samples when these processors launch, we'll we'll see how these initial leaks actually uh pan out and, and how the comparisons uh, fare but uh, let's jump into the next story and this is a uh we got a, we got an early or an initial look at the new surface laptop 3 the 15 inch model with the ryzen surface edition processors uh nobody sampled us on this unfortunately i saw that said some press had their their reviews go up for them from their samples and it looks like they got the ryzen 5 model um, we ended up just having to order one. And so we got the Ryzen seven. And, uh, so this is a new laptop from, uh, from Microsoft and it's got this processor in it. And, uh, we got this new surface laptop. It's got this Ryzen surface edition processor in it. And it's the 30, it's the Ryzen seven 3780 U. And it's very, very similar to the 3700 U, which we looked at in our ice lake, uh, comparison, uh, month or so ago same four core eight thread picasso based zen plus processor 2.3 gigahertz base clock four gigahertz max boost base tdp of watts. um yeah it's, this is not ryzen 3000 like it is on desktop all of amd's current mobile parts are, are still 12 nanometer zen plus based but it's it's so the same basic processor with one difference well two two differences one more direct and one you know less uh less tangible but the the, the biggest difference is the 3700u has 10 gpu cores and they call it the radeon rx vega 10 for its graphics and this one the 3780u has 11 and they call it rx vega 11 graphics and in addition as i i said that there was some talk we don't know exactly how it worked yet but but microsoft apparently worked with amd to customize this chip for their 15 inch uh laptop and that's kind of unusual because with with what we've seen with the 15 watt uh, picasso parts so far they're going into smaller laptops into 13 and 14 inch uh laptops so this is a much bigger uh base to to work with and uh, so we got a chance to test it, and we compared it to that 3700U uh, part that we we uh, we have on the ThinkPad, the ThinkPad T495. And uh, see, Sebastian, will notice I upped my photo game. That is nice. I like that background too. Those are um, sound dampening foam squares, right? Mm-hmm. Very cheap. On the Apple. pot matches the drapes. Yes. But I like that you have a subtle backlight. Uh, there's a purple LED light sort of uh, spilling over the 
sort of semi-glossy surface of that desk and a yep. plant a, a clear inspiration uh chris coke has been using plant life in his photography for a while now i think uh, actually I, chris might have surpassed me in the photo game i have to admit he's, he's gotten very good but uh yes but anyway, so so we have this 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 relatively. No, let's large... talk more about the photography of this and not about the review <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry, we have this relatively large laptop with this Ryzen fifteen watt base TDP processor in it, uh, and we, so we said let's take a look at the reviews and see how it compares. Um, but uh, we, so we decided well, let's run through a bunch of tests that we looked at with the thirty seven hundred U and see what this this processor can do in a system that is got potentially more thermal headroom because it's larger, it's aluminum. Like I said, the systems that you find the 3700U in are, are generally smaller, plastic. Uh, this is a nice premium build uh, using the base of it as a, as a heat sink almost. So it, it would have some more room. We, we have, we know the graphics are better in this surface edition processor, but the product the, the CPU side is the same. So maybe with a little more headroom, we'll, we'll get some improvement. And we did, we saw that with a few exceptions, uh, things looked better. So here in the Blender benchmark, uh, it it rendered faster. The the Surface laptop, the 3780U, rendered uh, you know not significantly, but uh, noticeably faster in in uh, both both tests. We're looking at Cinebench here, and and this is the one exception. For some reason, the single core tests for both Cinebench R15 and R20 were a little faster on the 3700U. But the multi-core tests were were faster uh, on the 3780 in the Surface Laptop, and and uh, I've got some explanations for why that is uh, that we'll have when we do the, the full review of this laptop. Uh, has to do with with running all cores at a sustained higher boost, whereas the 3700U can ramp up on that single core a little higher initially. But uh, looking again here is Geekbench 4 again, uh, you know a a modest improvement in in CPU, and then a, a quite decent improvement. That extra core and whatever optimizations they've done with Microsoft uh, gives you quite a nice boost in graphics on the uh, the new Ryzen part. Uh, Geekbench five again here a little bit disadvantage at single core, but a, a more advantage at multi and a big advantage in graphics. Nova Bench, Passmark, uh, web browsing. Uh, so the, the top test is lower is better. The bottom test is higher is better. And again, small percentage there. PC mark. And we'll have, we'll have all of these. They're not up as of right now at the site because we haven't finished our full review of the system because we just got it in uh, the uh, Tuesday afternoon. But we'll have, uh, we'll have all of these up plus additional tests at the site. Um, let me jump ahead to the percentage. So here's a summary with percentages. So using the 3700U as a baseline, how much faster, or in those few examples, slower is the 3780U? And we see it goes from anywhere of you know eight to ten percent uh, up to as high as as 38 percent, 39 percent in the Time Spy test for 3D Mark, 31 percent in the Geekbench GPU test. Uh, so so that's pretty good. There is one disadvantage that I'll mention though right off the bat, and it kind of shows Intel Intel's advantage that they have in this this product category. And that's Wi-Fi. Uh, and again, we'll talk about this more when we do the full review of the laptop itself. But Intel's Ice Lake chips, which is the alternative, if you don't want to go with AMD in this laptop, you'd get an Ice Lake-based Intel chip. Intel has built-in integrated Wi-Fi 6 support with their 
uh, Wi-Fi AX uh, uh, chipset or, or, or drivers and, and technology. It's all built into that package now, whereas uh, the uh, AMD doesn't have that on their current gen Picasso-based mobile parts. And so they went with a Qualcomm, uh, Microsoft chose to go to pair it with a Qualcomm uh, Wi-Fi AC router. And it's just not very good. Uh, you're looking at the ThinkPad comparison here. The ThinkPad has the 3700U, and in that case, Lenovo paired it with Intel's AC, uh, latest AC uh, Wi-Fi chip. And you're just looking at the difference here. It's, it is dramatic. Wi-Fi performance on the Surface laptop with the AMD processor is not great. So that's going to be the one disadvantage there. But you know, but it looks like from from all other respects except for battery life, which again, we haven't had time to test because we just had it for a day and a half here. But uh, it looks like that from a performance standpoint, CPU is better, graphics are, are much better. And uh, if, if you don't mind the hit to your Wi-Fi and what we're expecting to be a hit to battery life, you know, it's a nice option to have on that Surface laptop, which otherwise is a pretty nicely designed uh, system. I guess they're extremely repairable as well. Yeah, well, comparatively speaking, anyways. Yeah. No, I mean it's like you pop off two tabs and a couple of screws, yeah. and then your keyboard lifts up, and everything is exposed. It's yeah, awesome. They're not using yeah. off-the-shelf parts, unfortunately, so you can't just like pull it out and pop no. in a Samsung SSD or something. But but if you get your replacement parts through Microsoft, you can at least uh, have it repaired or repair it yourself. So. And if you ever have That's... to have it repaired, don't send the power cord in. No. Oh, you'll never won't get it give back. It back. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of every other company I deal with. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's it's kind of interesting that that AMD has made some pretty good strides in in the mobile marketplace, but they're still just not really quite there as compared to Intel. And you know, I like AMD. I think Zen and uh, Zen 2 are, are great architectures, but just when you're you're dealing with that 15 to 25 watt TDP stuff, it just doesn't compete well. I mean, your your battery is they got to be significantly larger to to get the same kind of time. Overall performance is still good, but you don't get the extended boost times. It seems uh, graphics are, you know, Intel's pretty much caught up there. I mean, I, I still trust AMD's stuff a little bit more in terms of that, but you know, as an overall package, they still got a ways to go. Um, maybe. Maybe the the mobile stuff based on the three thousand series when it eventually comes out will will you know have significant improvements as we've seen on the desktop, but yeah, it's uh, it's neat that Microsoft did choose them for Surface Three, and that it's still a reasonable and decent part, and they designed an entire really nice chassis around it. Yeah, and it is it's 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 great because the. The other options on the market for that Ryzen Picasso stuff, they're not bad. Like we had that ThinkPad. It's not a bad system, but it's not one of those premium systems. It's plastic. It's got a, you know, an average quality display and it's cheap. It's got that going for it. It's a good price, but this is the first Picasso based system out there that is, you know, MacBook pro quality, high, you know, high end metal, good finishes, excellent display. So it's it's nice to have that that option, and yeah, as Josh said, Intel's 
Intel was ahead in CPU. Mm. They caught up in GPU in many respects with Ice Lake. But that's their state of the art. That just came out a month ago. And there's still not a lot of systems that you can buy with it. Whereas AMD, it's taken them, you know, it's going to take them some time to get there. We don't know what the timetable is, but their their current mobile platform is over a year old now. So it's, you know, you're not, you're not comparing state of the art for both companies just yet. And so we will see what happens if they can get that seven nanometer Zen 2 going with mobile soon. But, yeah. uh. All right, we're going to take a quick break uh, right now to thank our, one of our sponsors this week. So we'll be right back. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers in 2019, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, and then passes those savings directly to you. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month, and every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. You know, I was with one of the big wireless providers for years, and I probably could have been more diligent about it, but I, I kind of just let it go and paid my bill and went on with my life. But when I found out about Mint Mobile and saw their plans and compared it to what I had been previously paying, I was really surprised and, you know, kind of ticked off. Comparing the two plans based on the data I was actually using, I was paying so much more with that big provider and I couldn't really think of a reason to justify the cost difference. But of course, cost isn't everything. You still need a reliable, fast network. So I checked out Mint Mobile's coverage map, saw that it was available in my area, and then after signing up and testing it out, I was happy to find that the actual coverage was just as good as my old provider. I got some strange looks from my wife, but I spent weeks carrying these two phones around, one with my old previous big provider and one with Mint Mobile. And in every case, the coverage was just as good with Mint Mobile. And on the few occasions where the coverage was poor for every service, uh, an example for me was I had a very long wait in the waiting room of a doctor's office that was located in the basement of a medical building. So that was fun. I still had no problems because Mint Mobile supports features like Wi-Fi calling. And getting set up with Mint Mobile is so easy. Just head to mintmobile.com slash PCPer, pick your plan and sign up. A few days later, you'll receive the welcome kit in the mail, pop the Mint Mobile SIM into your smartphone, follow the simple setup steps, and you'll be up and running in minutes. Use your existing phone, keep your existing number, preserve all your contacts and apps, and continue to have a fast, reliable network. The only difference is you'll be saving so much every month. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving now with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get that plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash pcper. That's mintmobile.com slash pcper. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pcper. And we're back. Our next news story is, uh, it looks like that NVIDIA is going to be expanding its family of super products. Uh, and I don't necessarily mean to uh, assign a, a, a value to that, but they're, they're, they're named products, the super variants of their GPUs. There's some rumors uh, that were called out by the Inquirer uh, that 
what what company was this, Jeremy? It was um, Maxon, a Chinese yes. GPU company. Super. Will it focus? Focus. There you go. Now that's the twenty. Here's a twenty eighty super. Is this what you're talking about? No, it looks. You've just like, given away your really? fingerprint too. It, it looks like the the oh. super treatment is coming to the sixteen sixty, the GTX sixteen sixty, which came as a surprise to like three people. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what what can we expect here, Jeremy? Uh, pretty much the same thing we've seen with the rest of them, uh, between a 1660 and a 1660 TI significantly closer to the TI than, uh, the base model. Uh, as far as the, the hardware goes, it essentially matches, uh, what the 1660 TI has. Uh, it's running a little bit slower, uh, or sorry, it's, it's almost the same Excuse me, my cat is just. <laughs> is that yours or Jim? Santa, is it the cat in heat? Uh, no, he's yelling at his litter box because I haven't come in to watch him use it. Uh, he's 18 years old, he's dying, and the brain oh. just is entertaining right now. But Sorry. now that I'm not being just <laughs> distracted, so uh, the, what you're going to look at uh, is 1408 CUDA cores. Uh, on the supers compared to 1536 on the TI. So a little bit lower count there. Other than that, frequencies match. Uh, in, in fact, the one that they quoted was about 15 megahertz higher on the boost than what you'd see on a TI. So 1785 as opposed to about 1770. Your RAM is going to stay the exact same at, uh, I think it's 5 gigahertz on 6 gigabytes of GDR6. That's the big key. Uh, if you buy the base GTX 1660, you're getting GDDR5. So you're definitely going to notice a hit on those sort of things where there's enough textures that you're, you're actually needing the extra bandwidth for your memory. Price, we've got no idea, but we, we've got a good idea that it's going to be, you know, roughly 40 or $50 less expensive than the TI if it's anything like it has been previously. In some case, I don't think it's going to be the same price as 1660, uh, like it was sort of with the 2080s and 2070s. They were damn close, but I could well be wrong. We, we just don't know yet. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll and why see. don't we get Super Terminator cards over here? I know it's the, the, the name is so much 1660 more Super Terminator 6G. They don't have to worry about uh, copyright as much, I guess. Is that the uh, the the font from the Terminator films? It looks like it, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Huh. And that's not a rumored card. That's one of their previous generation ones. I think that's a, a plain old uh, 1660. Nice. And it they, doesn't have glowing eyes, at, like the Terminator or anything. Wasn't it a foregone conclusion all along that they were going to do something like this eventually? Because yes. look at the price disparity. 1660s, looking at Amazon right now, They've there's some that have dropped as much like the... Uh, EVGA's XC Black Gaming is down to two hundred nine ninety nine, but these were around two twenty to start, and then you go up to about two seventy, two eighty for a TI. That's a pretty big gap, like a fifty or sixty dollar gap between cards. So of course they're going to slot something in, like split the difference, put something right in the middle there. I, I like I was telling Patrick on this week in Computer Hardware the last two weeks. Like eventually, I, I I'm sure that AMD and Nvidia will both have a graphics card at every. Ten dollar price increment. 
depending on it's not, it's like between bar, board partner cards and the actual GPUs themselves. There's going to be an, a version that's slightly overclocked out of the box and then another version with a fancy cooler and then boom, it's the next GPU. And then there's a $10 up, you know, upsell for this feature or that feature. And it's, it's going to become kind of a nightmare as if it wasn't already, you go and look for graphics cards and you narrow it down to like two to $300 and you're still looking at hundreds of options, but it's going to get even more crowded, especially once AMD starts shipping those RX 5,500 cards, which, you would think if NVIDIA does anything, it might be an answer to that, but those are not out yet. We talked about those, I think, a couple, three weeks ago. The RX 5500, which is their sort of 1080p-focused Navi card, but that's com- coming to OEMs, like pre-built systems next month. I might just see if I can get my hands on one of them, see what context we have out there to grab one of those cards and see what it can do, but I don't know when add-in board partners are going to have those. Hopefully by the end of the year when the XFXs and the Sapphires of the world have RX 5500 cards to even compare any potential new NVIDIA cards to. And it's a good thing that the older generations sell out so quickly that we don't have them middling up everything at the same (laughs) time. There's still Pascal cards in the retail (laughs) pipeline. (sighs) Well, we'll we'll see. uh, We'll see what what happens uh, once this starts to officially materialize but uh let's uh, take a look at the next story this one um you know so I, every now and then jeremy put, puts a news story in that he's just calling out some interesting review or editorial at another site and i i included oh, crap. this in what our, did i do no you did fine but i included this because this is a story that you linked to it's a review of the dell xps 13 2 and 1 uh, from uh, it was ours tech ours yeah and they yeah. liked it a lot and I had to include this because this is the same system that we used to test Ice Lake when because this was the first Ice Lake system available mm-hmm. so we bought one of these and I have grown to despise this system uh, <laughs> I and I hate it not just because it's it's not just that it's bad it's that it's <laughs> It's potential. It's it's bad in just the right ways or just the wrong ways, however you want to look at it, to really frustrate me because it could be so much better. And it's 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 this very nice uh, thirteen inch uh, fold, fold back two in one design. Uh, the the design itself is really nice. It's got this nice metal uh, premium feel to it. It's very thin and light. The display. Okay, enough of the nice. Why do you hate it? Well, I'm getting there. The display is great. It's a 16 by 10, you know, display. So it's got that extra height to it. But the keyboard is god awful. I have not gotten used to it. I tried. It is terrible. The, it looks like one of those crappy Apple ones. Well, it's worse than any Apple keyboard. Oh, wow. It's, it's the worst keyboard I've ever used on any type of not like $200 Walmart laptop. Wait, did, well, you, did you use any ones? Oh, it is. Did you use any of the previous XPS keyboards, Jim? I used a, I had a non two in one, so standard XPS 13 from like, two oh, okay. Three years oh, so you, ago. Okay. That one has a pretty good keyboard. I mean, it, it for was a thin it, and light. Yeah. It was much better than this. And I don't know. The, okay. the travel is tiny. Wow. The keys kind of yeah. stick almost. The space bar is noticeably mushier. Wait, are you sure you're not describing an Apple keyboard? Yeah. I, I was, I was, I was just astonished. But then beyond no, we're that. We're rolling out. 
Latitude 5400s. Not E5400s, not the old one, the, the, the new 5400, because we're dropping yeah. it as brand new. And the Precision 3541s, you're describing the, the keyboard exactly on these. Okay. They're the same. So, and all the other thing is because I have fingernails so that I can grab screws. Honestly, when I'm typing, I am scared that I will slip a little bit. My fingernail will slip underneath the key and it will just go flying. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, it's, it just doesn't feel good at all. On top of that, the, the material that's that this, this kind of soft material that's on the palm rests is a grease and fingerprint magnet. And now again, I, I'm Lebanese and, and we're, we're a greasy people. So maybe it's just me. I find but, that offensive. Hey, <laughs> it's, all, it's the whole Mediterranean region, you know, what? a lot of olives. I don't know, but it, it's, it's, it's worse than any laptop I've ever used. It, it, you have to clean it after every use because it looks awful there. The hardware itself has had problems. I don't know if it's Ice Lake specific or if it's this model or or what, but I've had graphics drivers fail. I've had kernel panics and blue screens. I've had it restored by Dell's support. Uh, I've done a clean That's, that's just 1903. Maybe. I, it, it, it could be. <laughs> But it's, you know, we I guess to, it was the IGFX and the Intel uh, Wi-Fi that was I am, value. No, no, the, the one we keep getting is the Intel PPC error. Once in a blue moon, yeah. One, but anyway, these these were just it was just errors with with different hardware related issues. Um, the, the 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 speakers are are poor on it as well. I thought, but and, and so you just trying to and the trackpad sucks and the trackpad just got awful as well and so just trying to use it and you got this beautiful screen this beautiful display and and this potentially really good hardware underneath the hood and i just hate using it i just hate it and i've and it's just gotten on my nerves wow. over the past two months and so i just i cannot recommend this xps two and one and again this is the the xps 13 two and one from as far as I know, and based on my previous history, the standard XPS 13 might be better. Although, as Jeremy indicated, these this this, this disgusting keyboard is making its way onto other models. So who yes, knows? It is, Jim. Which will, is why I say, shut up. Here's an external keyboard. Stop yelling. I gave you a new laptop. Yeah. Jim, can you transcribe? Or I guess I can do it for you. Can you transcribe that entire passage about your experiences with it and use that for the eBay listing description when you go to sell this laptop? <laughs> Obviously, you're past the return window, so yeah. if it's been two months, well, and I, I, I wanted to, I, I decided to keep it because I wanted to have an ice lake system on hand in case we had oh, to do future testing because Intel sure as hell didn't send us one. So, um, you know. All I, all I know now is that I, I've for sure precluded any possibility of Dell ever becoming a sponsor. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but it was, I, I can't let someone else fall into this. Like it just, it just bothers me because there's so much potential there and I hate it. I hate it so much, but anyway, let's talk about something. something hey, good. not every Dell XPS is bad. I just want to say, uh, I have a Dell XPS, uh, P100C. It's actually been upgraded to a P120C at some point in yeah. its life, but you know, it's a solid system. It's got a robust uh, desktop style case, which I like. I like it over the tower style cases, especially for stacking your CRT monitor on top of it. And it has PS2 ports, which is convenient. You don't have to find like your five pin to PS2 adapters. So, no, is that a Dell XP or is that a Dell Dimension? No, XPS. 
It was the XPS yep. that around at yeah. that generation as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think oh, they yeah. actually had XPS in the 486 era. This was a Pentium XPS. Oh wow. The XPSs came with better graphics cards and I think usually better sound cards too. Dude, you're getting a Dell XPS. <laughs> well, outside of the immediately the, followed by a gateway commercial. Oh god. Yes. <laughs> yep. Outside of 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 the the historic XPS systems, uh, I, yes. I, I I should reiterate too that as I mentioned that Ars Technica review, they liked it. They gave it a pretty positive review. So it's probably just me. Does Dell advertise for Ars Technica? I'm sure Does their they do. Company I'm have some sure sort of they affiliation? do. Yeah. yeah. And well, um, you, you, did you notice the quote that I used? Um, let's see. It does not unseat the H- HP Spectre X360 13 as our favorite Windows convertible. You know, yeah. I, I'm so holding one of those right it, here. But not that much. This is a Dell XPS, or not Dell. What am I saying? This is a, look. It, it says HP Spectre. on it. It's it's mm-hmm. HP right there. It's an HP Spectre X360. This is the like fold back convertible style, and it has a. It does not look like it. This does not look like a great keyboard. It is actually a great keyboard. It has nice key travel. It has some some tactile feel to it. It's not mushy. It's extremely stable. This is an all-metal construction. I don't like the gold trim and like the sharp chamfered edges or whatever they are. That's but bling, man. I know, but it's it's solid. It's and it's it's a I don't know. It's like the perfect laptop for being on a plane if you're sitting in coach. Yeah, and we when it we did our screen. our Whiskey Lake comparison to Ice Lake, I our Whiskey Lake system was one of those as well that I borrowed, and it, the only problem was it took me 15 minutes to find the power button. Yeah, it's hidden. It's, it's in the corner. Yeah, it's hidden on the corner there. If it'll focus, where the oh, light is glowing, that's the power button. Yep. And what's funny is on the other side, the exact same corner is a USB C port. So here's your two USB C ports. Stupid. Wait, I'm going the wrong way. So yeah, you got two USB C ports, a 3.5 millimeter jack, and on this side, actually, a uh, Type A as it fails to focus again if you can see that there's actually a full size standard USB type A port on this thing which is very unusual for a thin and light convertible like this yep so a, a fine system other than my struggling to find that, that Dell this is the benchmark this is what you need to make well if they just put it well, they, they put did a in good previous keyboard and trackpad on, on the 13 on the XPS it would be a fantastic laptop but Anyway, let's stop complaining. Let's talk about something pretty fun here. Uh, this is a, a company I've never heard of, but uh, let's see. What, who was it? Um, uh, it was Guru, Guru, uh, Guru, Guru 3D. They did You've never heard of Guru yeah. 3D? Come no, on, no, man. No, I heard of them, but the, the product, uh, AdLink, they reviewed a an SSD called the AdLink, A-D-D-L-I-N-K, S70, it's a one terabyte NVMe SSD, but it's and it's TLC, but it's basically at QLC prices because we've seen a lot of cheap one terabyte SSDs come out recently, but usually they're they're QLC based. So you get that real fast cache, but then outside of that cache, they go real slow and up to and and exceeding or, or up to and, and slower than the speed of a mechanical hard drive, even in some cases. But with TLC, you still have a cache, but once it's outside of that cache, you're still going to get pretty good performance. You know, many hundreds of megabytes a second, if not close to a gigabyte a second. 
And that's what they found here was this, you know, this is a $114 one terabyte SSD. And the performance is pretty good. It's not, not killing the, uh, the Samsungs of the world out there. And, and it's, you know, it's not an Optane killer. It's not a Samsung 970 killer, but it's, it's a real good price and the performance is pretty good. So you can head over to, uh, uh, Guru 3D to, um, oh, Firefox stopped social network tracking. Thank you. Um, you can head, well, head over it's because the see. company sounds like an SEO company. Uh, and you can see the, you know, they've got all kinds of tests that they ran in their test suite. And it's, it's, it's a, a decent performer at that price. And you escape. Uh, next page is actually better. I think if this is what I think, where I think it is. Yeah, there you go. Auto? Yeah. So you're looking here, they compared it to the Samsung 970 Evil Plus, which is a very good performer. And the, uh, the, the T-Force uh, drive there. And, and it's, you know, it's right up there uh it was for, for uh read performance it's right up there with the uh 970 and uh for write performance as well it's 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 right up there it's it's, it's not um there there were some tests as i was looking through i, I can't recall exactly which ones there's some tests where it is noticeably no, sustained rights but yeah but but w well within reasonable for that price so and you know how it compares the, uh, to uh Oh. The uh, the Sobrent Rocket, it's a hundred nine bucks for one terabyte on Amazon. Mm. They're the That's people TLC, who have right? the. I think it is. Yeah, it's probably almost sure. exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah one hundred nine um, bucks. Who makes the controller? Is it Silicon Motion or is that the Fizon. one that's? Uh, no, it's probably Fizon. Fizon. Okay. That's it's the Fizon E twelve. Okay. Oh no, E sixteen. Oh, I can't remember. So this is the problem with friggin' SSDs. I don't know if they did or not, because the list goes on for about three scrolls. Let's yeah. see. Saber well. one terabyte rocket. Rocket. What's the... Uh... But then the other point is that all that really matters is the controller and the uh, memory type. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, No, I don't see any Saber on there. I see a it uses Toshiba's BICS 3D TLC NAND flash memory. For performance of up to thirty-four fifty megabytes per second reads and three thousand writes. Yeah, so, so yeah, sleep Toshiba Bix three D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, this is a common controller that you'll find in a lot of uh, drives. I know. Um, uh, who is it? It's a Micro Center has their house brand uses that that uh, controller. Yeah. And uh, well, it's a far cry from the Wild West of the the original launch of SSDs, where it mattered who you were buying. Oh from. yeah. Do you remember? Release. Sorry, I was just gonna say. You remember Alan's SSD decoder ring in its various yes. yeah. iterations? You're just gonna was, give us uh, source. Code I relied that, on so that we thing. Could, yeah. yeah. Well, it was useful because you had so much to keep track of, and a new generation coming out made so much difference. And now it's more like, okay, what's the controller and what's the memory type? Yeah, don't care who made Bring it. How much is it? Bring back Sandforce. Bring yes. back Sandforce. Oh man. All right. Well, so that's the AdLink S70 uh, review over at Guru 3D. So check that out uh, if you're interested in a, uh, you know, relatively cheap non QLC uh, M.2 NVMe. All right, what's next? Uh, okay. Next up, know. we've got some GPU news. Um, the folks over at Pharonix were looking at Intel graphics drivers and they uncovered uh, something uh, interesting talking about 
uh, or some references in the Intel graphics drivers uh, about multi-GPU capability. So we know Intel's got their Z, Qi, however they're going to end up pronouncing it, uh, the, the XE graphics cards that will be coming out. We've had rumors about them uh, recently saying middle of next year, targeting mainstream gaming at first, but then moving into higher end stuff and enterprise stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's an initiative that's going to offer both discrete cards as well as the same basic technology moving into their integrated offerings. And, uh, and so it looks like from these, these leaks that Pharonix, not leaks, but, but references in the Linux drivers that there's going to be support for, uh, multi-GPU uh, on one hand, that would be pairing a, 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 a future discrete Intel GPU with integrated graphics on your Intel processor, but also potentially multi discrete Intel GPUs. And, uh, and we all thought that it was that the, the era of multi GPU was dead. But uh, but we could be Intel's bringing it back, baby. Could be bringing it back. And as Jeremy linked to in his coverage, maybe it's maybe we'll have a new Lucid Logic uh, uh, solution. Well, they're they're talking about possibly pairing it with other providers. Yeah. No. Oh, that was you know what though? A perfect Lucid Logic is a fabulous semiconductor company. (laughs) We didn't need multi GPU because GPUs were getting faster and. They were always, well, typically there were problems with it as far as like the micro stuttering issue and all that. But we have a use case again, real-time ray tracing. It takes up more than even the fastest GPU can put out. You you need more and more and more performance. So it makes sense to do it again if they're going to make a push. I mean, there was, uh, I don't think we have a story on it uh, in the list, but uh the World of Tanks Encore Ray Trace demo that they were showcasing. And it's funny because the Hexus article I was going to reference has been pulled. So I don't know if that was released early or what, but Intel was working with the developer for Ray Trace, like shadows and other lighting effects in that game. So I wonder if the XE platform is going to have some sort of interesting multi-GPU approach to Ray Tracing to give it a performance edge. That would be something to differentiate it, but... It seems like Nvidia is not interested that Intel in Intel put out enough anymore. to satisfy you. I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't have my needs aren't, you know, unreasonable. I think just like once or twice a week. They're just unconventional. 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 Unconven- unconventional. Unconventional. This. <laughs> and the other thing is that this. Admit it, Sebastian. You have needs. I yep. have. I'm a man, okay. It may not look like it, but I am a man. And you appreciate yeah. that Lucid Logic is a fabulous semiconductor company. MSI. Maybe Intel bought Lucid Logic, and that they're, they're doing all their multi GPU stuff. Anyway, Ooh, I did a quick Google. Googling. I didn't find anything, Googling. but I didn't have any time. Yeah, and they also mentioned that they could go the Titan Z way. We could go back to the dual GPU with shared memory on one PCB, which worked so wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Lucid Logic is an album by Illogic and Lucid Optics from 2017, featuring the songs Honeydew, Morning Come, and Dear Alante. Famous for being the Pressless Record Company. <laughs> <laughs> I 
am so utterly tired. There is no filter between the brain and the mouth right now. I, I do have to say that the so good. when you were installing the Lucid drivers and you were waiting to see what was going to happen, that moment of wonder and awe was something I hadn't felt in a long time and probably haven't felt since. Wait no, a minute. We're talking. It didn't work at all, but 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 no. up until the point when you thought maybe I saw this it work at CES. Work. Yeah, once for five minutes. It worked good on 3D Mark. Yes. It yeah. Okay. According right. to, according to, Reddit. Ooh. Uh, Doctor Tektrox on Reddit said that Intel purchased Lucid Logics in 2012. Well, that so, yes, Intel, Intel does. You know, I said that was jokingly. Jokingly. No, and you were right. You were we right. haven't heard from them in so long. Someone must have bought them. Wait a minute. Here's another article. Something about Lucid Logic. bought them. After 13 years and a $40 million investment, Lucid Logic's technologies reaches the end of its road. Google bought them. Of course. Wait, what? It, their assets were sold to Google in 2018. Intellectual property uh, sold for an undisclosed sum, but for less than nearly 44 million, it raised over its 14-year lifespan. Blah blah blah. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. And they used it to power Wave, and then we'll update you further on the latest Lucid Logics uh, developments next week. I'll uh, I'll get a, a group of guys. We'll go down to the church and start beating on Ryan until he reveals the truth. Yeah. But all right. Uh, I bet Ryan see. brokered that deal. I bet he was involved somehow. Well, actually, 2018, no. that's right when he left. That's right when he left. Yeah. PC Per. And his first move when he went over there, he's like, we have to buy Lucid Logics. Mm -hmm. Because he, he you was hired me to bring a performance, performance. So, what is his title? Performance strategist. Chief performance strategist. My strategy is to buy Lucid Logics and do multi GPU. Bam. Could be. Could be. Roy, back me up on this, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, just just uh, basically a, a reminder, uh, a game that we've been looking forward to. I know Jeremy has. I have as well. Uh, has, Fine. Has, has I out. admit it. I admit it. I sign up for the damn Epic Store. You don't need no! to. You no. don't need to. It's on, ga it's on Game Pass. I know, but you and you know i've been holding it because untitled goose game was something i've desperately wanted rebel galaxy it was something that i've desperately wanted and it was just the third strike of well fine i'll find out how it is so far i haven't broken out in any rashes or bubos so i'm crossing my fingers but jeez man there, there's too many freaking gaming clients right now I, no. I just—I don't think we've actually said yet for our audio-only listeners, but the, the game we initially wanted to talk about here was the Outer Worlds. It's—it's it's the Obsidian game. It's—it's uh, it's a. It's got several veterans involved from the Fallout series back when it was good. Apparently, Vegas. Uh, yeah, the new New Vegas team. Um, and it's—it's uh, a—it's—it's it's basically a Fallout-style adventure in space. You're on a, a spaceship. You get. You're in cryosleep. You get woken up on this colony world, and you've got to, you know, take over from there. And you know your choices matter and all that. And I, you know, I haven't haven't been able. And to when you're it shooting yet. at somebody, you can slow the time down and pick a certain area of their body to fire at. But it's not vats. Not vats, no. But, um, but it, 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 the initial reviews seem pretty positive. Uh, we'll see how you know see how it goes. 
you, as, as I was trying to tell Jeremy, he didn't need to go for Epic because Microsoft bought Obsidian and they were able, I guess the licensing from that publishing deal was able, they were able to also host it on the, uh, the Windows Xbox store. So it's a Game Pass title. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you'll get it on Windows and Xbox uh, today. I noticed that as of 8 p.m. Well, you better be on the fast ring because I don't think it'll run on 1903. You need the newer version. No, it was running. It was it was running on 1903 earlier. So, and it it, it, it now it, I know you're lying because you said the 1903 was running. Okay, well, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I it officially. I think Humble actually to, is selling it too. Well, they're selling it, but it's it's a uh, Epic activation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're Not watching that I didn't live, buy mine through Green Man Gaming for 16 off either. There you go. But uh, if you're watching live, it was it was the game was uh, released on the Windows Game Pass client as of like 8 p.m. Eastern today, the 24th. Yeah. So a little bit early, I believe, because I think the official launch is tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, check it out. Uh, if, like I said, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you don't have to do anything. It's included day one and. Uh, it's also on Epic for now and Steam in sometime in 2020. I guess it's one year, one year delayed there. But who who has time to play these games? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'll I don't. Load it up. I, I can I can barely wipe and yeah. you know do that yeah. effectively. Okay. I bet you'll take a nap after this podcast. I will launch it. I'll get through the opening scene and I'll realize, uh, yeah, I'm too tired and I'll go to bed. And I may not see it again for a week. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how it has gone with many games recently. It's like, oh, this is great. This is what I kind of want to play. Yeah. But uh, all right. Um, so now we're just going to take another quick break uh, to hear from another sponsor this week. We'll be right back after this. The basics of your wardrobe, things like underwear, socks, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants are important. But for so many of us, we stock these categories with bulk sales from department stores. That may save a little money up front, but you end up with clothing that gives you an inconsistent fit, isn't as comfortable as it should be, and frankly, lacks quality and needs to be replaced regularly. Mack Weldon aims to change your wardrobe for the better by replacing these throwaway items with high-quality, smartly designed essentials that are easy to shop for, comfortable to wear, and long-lasting. In fact, Mack Weldon pledges that their products will be the best-looking and most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you'll ever wear. Indeed, if you don't like your first pair of underwear, just let them know. You can keep the item, and you'll still be issued a full refund with no questions asked. Not only do Mack Weldon essentials look and feel good, they perform well, too. With features like custom-engineered and silver-infused breathable fabric, you'll find options that are naturally antimicrobial, adaptable for any season, and perfect for everything from working out to a day in the office to a long day of traveling. I've recently started adding Mack Weldon items to my wardrobe and I was easily able to find the right fit and fabric for things like boxer briefs and athletic socks. But my favorite item so far is probably Mack Weldon's Ace Sweatpant, a super comfortable pair of pants with French terry fabric, a handy zipper pocket, and a tailored fit, making them great for lounging around editing PC per videos or even running errands around town. But we want you to try out Mack Weldon for yourself, and we have a special offer for our podcast audience. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and use discount code PCPER at checkout. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and discount code PCPER for 20% off your first order. 
Start upgrading your wardrobe today at MacWeldon.com. And we're back. Uh, let's finish up the news. We've got one more story. Uh, this is from Scott. He pointed out for us that Microsoft has Tabby Lake some, won't run Windows 7? Uh, well, sort of. Sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, pointed out uh, that they've got some new uh, guidelines and requirements for the processors that are supported by various editions of Windows. And this is a continuation of stuff we saw, you know, in the last couple years. Uh, let's see if I can pull up the the uh, support document here. And so they've got this table of which Windows edition uh, supports which, uh, you know, up through which processors. And there was some confusion Scott pointed out to us. Uh, some people read this latest update for uh, the latest versions of Windows and said, oh, Microsoft's requiring a 10th gen CPU uh, to run Windows 10 1903. And that's not what this means. This means that if you're an OEM, if you're shipping a system with Windows pre-installed and you put a 10th gen, in this case for Windows 1903, you put a 10th gen, or you need to put at least a 10th gen Intel processor in there because they don't want you shipping a uh, a 10th gen processor with Windows 7 and then you don't get drivers and now there's this confusion over support. Uh, so you can take your older processor and you can upgrade it, but they're talking about for if you're a new system, uh, you know, an OEM, you're shipping these systems out, you've got to have, uh, based on this table, the correct processor to match with the Windows version you're installing. So it's just about compatibility uh, for, for this kind of uh, scenario, because there, there aren't drivers for um, those older, older processors in the uh, latest editions of Windows. Quote, older processors yes yeah sure look kind of like only when... like make three processors stable so you got to pick yeah. one of them remember when cabby lake came out and for just a minute there were drivers for windows 8.1 then those mysteriously disappeared and you had to upgrade to windows 10 to install platform drivers for cabby lake almost as if intel and microsoft have some sort of a pact but at least we know that with these strict requirements that they're giving us the best quality experience they can give us. <clears throat> That's Ensuring sad. a trouble-free experience. Yes. With a little cat's asshole. Your experience may vary under certain circumstances. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um, all I right, want to uh, get on me. So we've got a couple reviews to wrap up the week here. Uh, the first is a uh, power supply review from Lee. Now that's, if you're a regular listener, that's probably not surprising. What might be surprising to you is that it's a power supply from Fractal Design. That's right, yes. the pacemaker. They're getting into power supplies in a big way. And the first one that we've reviewed for it's them me. is... It's not big. Uh, yeah. Okay, sure. They're getting into it in a small way, in an SFX way. And this is well, the they have the Ion design. Plus first, but you know, that yeah, got true. But this is, I don't think, did we review that? I don't think we reviewed that one. We did not. There was some uh, communication issues, mostly my fault. Oh, uh, okay. something about an incorrect email address. And oh. uh, none of my emails to Lee actually making their way to him because I was sending them to his old PC per address. So, you know, ah, okay. Well, anyway. What we've got here, what Lee got his hands on, is the Fractal Design Ion SFX 650G. It's a 650-watt gold-rated power supply, so that makes sense. That's a good name to have. 
and it's the SFXL form factor. So it's a little bit bigger, uh, which allows them to use a 120 millimeter fan. Um, the, uh, let's see here. The price on this is pretty good. I think it's $114 for the, uh, 650 watt that he reviewed, but there's also in this same series, I think it's a 550 watt for about a hundred or 90 something. Let me see if I can. Yeah. 89. 89. Okay. So yep. not, it's 89 and 109 for, for these two. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. 110 and 90. Jim, I know um, this because I, uh, I put this review into the system. Okay, well, I just... And I read every word. Well, then tell me, what is the takeaway for this? He loves he it. it this, I don't choice. think he's ever loved a SFX power supply as much as this. This is he, he was blown away by this, basically. In every way, it performed extremely well. It has all Japanese caps, which he's, you know... It, it basically meets every criteria for a solid power supply. It's a seasonic design. So it's not like fractals going into this and, and coming up with their own or going with one of the well-known like partners like channel. Well, or somebody they went right to see Sonics. This is an ultra premium, very well built power supply set. All this, all the soldering, everything looked really clean, very well put together, performed extremely well, tight tolerances. And I, I think pricing is really solid too. Maybe one Oh nine. We've had, Seems like a lot, but we've had price creep with PSUs anyway. Do you remember? It, it was just some a couple of years ago. It feels like you could buy a bronze rated desktop power supply from like EVGA for twenty five bucks, thirty bucks. Yeah, and it and was now, solid too. Yeah, and now those are fifty. I, I was looking today trying to price out a build for another article, and to get a bronze rated power supply of at least five hundred watts, it's like forty five to fifty dollars or more. Just for an entry level one, power supplies have gotten more expensive. For this one to be eighty nine dollars for SFXL at eighty plus gold, full modular, great performance, and then this this more uh, powerful version is just one oh nine. The last SFXL power supply we looked at was a Seasonic, or not a Seasonic, it was a Silverstone, and I think it was around one twenty nine. So. And and then of course Corsair has a great model at around that same price point, which is it has a higher rating. I think it's a platinum rated power supply. So there's there's a lot of competition. There's there's more companies in the mix now with SFX, and for Fractal to get into the game, go with a obviously Seasonic's about as big a name as there is in the world of power supplies. They've been around forever, doing this and building power supplies for other companies. So they're basically partnering with like the premier PSU OEM and they're not charging the earth for it. These are very affordably priced for it, for what they are. So I totally agree with Lee's assessment in, you know, the editor's choice, which it does not come easy. He generally does not bestow that award on very many things every year. Yeah. And I know that the, uh, the trade war situation with China and the U S has played a big role in the power supply pricing because yeah. silver Silverstone itself issued that, that warning at the end of the year about having to raise prices because of tariffs. And, uh, I've had discussions with a couple companies that are in this industry and they've all been uh, quite dismayed and distraught over the situation, the unpredictability of it. And, uh, so that's certainly playing a factor in these, these prices. Yeah, I'm thinking of branching out into import export. There you go. 
All right, so uh, check that out. That's the Fractal Design Ion SFX 650G. The SFX power supply. Uh, our last review uh, and last major story for the week is a, uh, a keyboard review from Sebastian. It's the HyperX Alloy, Alloy Origins Mechanical Keyboard. So tell us about this. Well, build quality, first of all, is really high. This thing does not look it at first, and it doesn't necessarily show up in the pictures, but it's all aluminum. The top and bottom are aluminum panels. It's put together really well, so it feels ultra solid. Of course, there's no flex, no noise or anything. It's uh, nice say hi. I see that kitty. Look, mm-hmm. kitty's not screaming at you. Hi, kitty. Know. Oh, look, kitty's looking at kitty. Oh, now you're looking at a keyboard. Okay. Yeah. Cat break. We're back. Cat break, we got okay. some keywords. Oh. Go together. I will say quickly before we move on from the overview photos, the bottom of this keyboard, I think I actually have a couple photos below about this. The bottom of the keyboard has some, you know, the usual like nice rubber feet on all the four corners, but the flip out feet are, are two position flip out feet. There's a small flip out foot and then there's a larger flip out foot, both of which have rubber pads on the bottom of them. So you can adjust the angle of the keyboard. And I usually don't use the flip out feet because it's too much of a, t- a tilt for me. But the smaller one on this was almost perfect. So uh, that level of customization is nice. Every little, like all the details, they nailed. The only issue I had with this were the keycaps feel kind of cheap. And I I blame Chris, one of our contributing uh, editors, because he's really hard on keyboards with bad keycaps. At first, I was just like, keycaps? What are you talking about? Keycaps? And then I tried my first set of double shot PBT keycaps. And I'm like, oh, okay, these are, that's a huge difference. It changes the entire feel of a keyboard sometimes to go to a different keycap if it's heavier or if it's, it has a, it's like stiffer. These are rather thin kind of feel cheap, but uh, the, the key switches are what's interesting about this too. It's, it's a brand new switch. It's a HyperX or a specific switch. They're just calling them HyperX switches, but there's a red and a, I think aqua variety, kind of their red and uh, blue equivalents, I think. And by the aqua, and I haven't tried aqua yet. They said this one is a red, but they have all the same characteristics of a cherry red, except 0.2 millimeter shorter actuation distance and overall key travel. So you're talking, I think it's 1.8 millimeter actuation versus 2.0, and then 3.8 millimeter total travel versus 4 millimeter total travel. And of course, you can buy little spacer rings and adjust your own uh total travel on any keyboard with mx switches but it's just kind of interesting i it to me it made the keyboard not only feel faster just because it was i was not bottoming out the key uh it, it i was typing more quickly because i do bottom out keys but it was taking me less time to bottom them out if that makes any sense because it was just less travel and then the other thing was maybe it's because of the shorter travel but the keys also felt just a little bit more stable. Like, you know how with the keyboard, sometimes there's a little bit of, of lateral play with the keys. And even with the cheap keycaps, they felt slightly more stable than the other. I actually have another alloy uh, keyboard back here, and this has the same keycaps. Those are Cherry MX Red switches. Uh, the new one felt a little bit uh, more precise, I guess. And I, I was overall very impressed with it, except for the keycaps, but 
HyperX sells their fancy double shot PBT keycaps for like $20 to $25 for the whole set. So if you look at the MSRP of this keyboard at $109.99, and right now it's a Best Buy exclusive, and then you add about 20 bucks for a set of the keycaps. Now, now you're looking at $129 for what would then become one of the more premium keyboards on the market, and that's actually well within reason if you price out some of these really high-end key- keyboards. And another thing about it, as you can see from this picture if you're watching the video, it has five levels of brightness. The default level is the highest. It is ridiculously bright. This has the brightest RGB lighting I think I've ever seen on a keyboard. And so if you can use this as a a room light for a very small room, makes a great night light. Uh, but also it'll shine through just about any keycap you put on it really nicely. So if you're into lighting, you can turn it way down or turn it off. But if you're into lighting... You like burning your retinas. One huge complaint, though, and I, everything about this was positive. I'm like, yeah, I got to kind of understand the keycaps because they sell their own upgrade and you can kind of customize it if you're sensitive to keycap feel and all that kind of stuff. But they've taken down, HyperX has taken down all of the download links. They used to have a support page with downloads of all their software and updates and things. It's all gone. The only way to run the software to actually create macros and Use, using the software to change lighting and that sort of thing. Because there's a certain amount of control you have just on the keyboard. But you have to go to the Windows Store and get the Ingenuity beta software now. They don't offer a standalone download of any kind. And I tried the last version they did offer because I downloaded it for the last keyboard I looked at. And it didn't work. You have to have the newest version to recognize this keyboard so I thought that kind of sucked. I, I don't like being forced to use the Windows Store. And I tried not to rant about Microsoft and the Windows Store in the review, but I find it a little odd when it's a prerequisite of using a product to download software that requires an account with another company. Because you can't just go to the Microsoft Store on Windows 10 and download it. You have to have an account. And if you're like me and don't want a global sign-in, it's always a hairy proposition to sign into one Microsoft app because the default behavior is to then create a like a global sign in and then you have to use that to get into windows and you have to jump through some hoops to reset it back to a local account which is what i prefer so just a little thing but if you don't like the microsoft store or if you don't use windows uh i didn't see any other option while this presumably would support any operating system the software requires windows 10 and it requires a download from the microsoft store so no macros for you unless you use Windows 10 and have a Microsoft Store account. But yeah, otherwise it was great. I mean, it's, the hardware is solid. And I'm impressed by these new keys. I want to try the Aquas now to see what they feel like. If it's like a mixture of cherry blue and green, and that's why they came up with the Aqua name is my theory. But we shall see. Still, $109 for an all-aluminum keyboard with, with good key switches and extremely bright lighting might be appealing to some. All right. Well, that's the HyperX uh, Alloy Origins keyboard. And you can check out the full review and all of our reviews at PCPro.com. All right, let's wrap it up with the picks of the week. Uh, Jeremy, you're up first. Did you know that you can buy IP on eBay? Intellectual IP? property? Or... Like, yes. Yeah, somebody is selling uh, their, their provisional... Uh, you know, copyright uh, 
on this. The reason that I found this out is because I saw a post <laughs> about dancing wipers. Essentially, he used an Arduino to hook it up uh, so that your wipers will move exactly to the beat of the song that you're listening to. <laughs> that seems like a safe <laughs> Which just made me laugh my ass off. I mean, sure. And so I looked to... into it and I'm like, wait a second, for like two or three hundred bucks, you can buy the patent? Seriously? All right, let's see what the current bidding. Oh, 288. How many days left? One day, 12 hours. I, I, and it just, it started out absurd and funny and just even got better after that. And look at him. He, he looks exactly like the guy who would design dancing wiper blades, right? <laughs> I want to know why there's an ex, such an extended uh, waiting period for shipping. Did you see that? If you were to buy it at auction and it still wouldn't ship out until late December. wonder why. Uh, he's probably still in the patent office to see. It. I was going to say he doesn't have he doesn't have patent in hand. This is a scam. Uh, no, it, it, well, I mean, I, I just, come on. <laughs> I, uh, when I buy the dancing wipers IP, I want it delivered priority overnight wow. for my thirty five dollars. And, and apparently, looking into the tech of it, it's actually a really nasty hack because the, the power delivery apparently in the car is set up directly to the wipers from the engine. So you got to do some really weird crap to try and get it in there, but he did it. And, nice. you know, if you're the type that gets upset because, you know, your, your, your wipers got off beat and you got to wait for them to sync back up again. And well, this is the thing. The it ain't is like, quiet. that's an Arduino. Mm. So, you know, but I, I just, street the, legal, right. Why not? It's got, it's not like wiper plays really work well anyways. Well, they, so that, that would, that'd be something I would like to invent is somebody that can actually do wiper blades that last for more than three days after you buy them and they're still clean stuff. I, I mean, well, you're 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 in the middle of a, a torrential rain and you're no problem because you've got the latest Z track going, but then Lord comes on and your blade, blades start going once per minute and it's and you crash. Lord, okay, yeah. this, Jim is. Out I mean, Randy Lord Marsh, is irrelevant now. Lord is, is irrelevant she, now. I, yeah, so I, I mean, Billy Eilish that's took you, over you, you, the position that was previously occupied by Lord in the there, top lexicon. There is such a thing in that as as emergency dubstep. Emergency yeah. dubstep. Yes. Yeah. What wait, what happens when the beat drops in a dubstep song when you have this enabled? Like, do your just the wipers just fly life. off of the car? <laughs> it, it, it moves the water so so fast it creates a vortex. Yeah, propels you down the interstate. All right. <laughs> Actually, start bouncing up and down on the suspension. Well, if but you yes, in a buy, very lousy week, this just made me laugh, and I had to share. Uh, if you want to buy the dancing wipers, it's at iancharnas.com. But uh, all right, Josh, what do you got for us? Well, we uh, bought this case for a super kind of workstation at work, and we didn't want to spend a lot of money, but I wanted to look nice and. It's the NZXT. It's tempered glass, sixty nine bucks. It does not have an optical drive, but it does have USB C. So Josh Walrath bought a case without an optical drive bay. I know it doesn't make any sense, but here we are. The fuck is wrong with you? I thought you stood for something. Well, right now I'm I'm sitting. Yeah, yeah so am I. I'm I don't have a standing too. desk. Be uncomfortable. Well, it's it's got a nice flat 
top to it so you can just put an external optical yeah. drive right up there yeah it's true do it that's what those top io uh ports are for but yeah optical i mean drives. you know it's a nice case for the amount of money that you pay for got plenty of stuff yeah. But all right, well, that's the show, folks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're glad to have you. We normally record Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Today was a special Thursday edition. Uh, but you can find the uh, the produced on-demand versions of our podcast on our YouTube page or over at pcpro.com slash podcasts. And again, you know, join us live. We, we, we stream live as we record, for better or worse. Uh, and uh, you can do that at pcpro.com slash live or go to pcpro.com slash subscribe to be notified when there's going to be a live event. But uh, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Everyone have a great time or a great week and we'll see you next time.